The Navis and Frank present a comic book podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Navis and Frank. Look at that. Hi, I'm the novice. I'm Amanda. And I'm Frank, and I'm I'm, I'm Frank. That's, That's right. <laughs> We're the novice and Frank. Uh, as is custom, we are going to kick this off with uh, an improvised theme song. Comics. <laughs> Comics. <laughs> Read them. Talk Comics. about them. <laughs> Because we're the novice, 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 and Frank. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Trevor. He's like, my ears hurt so bad uh, from that aggressive clapping. There is too many times as I was driving here, and I was even thinking about that today. I was like, oh, Laura, i got to think of another way to come in with an intro song. What's the different? And I don't know. The, the, the hand clapping just came to me in the it moment. just came to you, except that you thought about it earlier today. Well, I thought about like pre-planned we, it. I didn't pre-plan the hand claps, but it's just like, okay, i come up with something different than just like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Getting, so what can I do? But getting now, better and better. Yeah, yeah. It, it clearly that one. Uh, well, you'll be able to hear it further on our uh, LP that we'll be dropping later That's on in the right. year. That's right. A little, <laughs> little tasty lick. <clears throat> That's that right. One. All right. Well, what are we discussing today? We're doing uh, this is basically Suicide Squad Part Two because the last time, if you missed uh, our, you don't have to go back and listen if you don't want to. That's fine. Uh, no, stop right now. <laughs> stop go right listen. Now. Listen to go the listen. show that we're providing. That's right. Uh, but I had seen the Suicide Squad film, and Frank had not, so we discussed that. Now we're going to turn the tables back to where they usually are. Frank is back to being the novice. Ooh. And, and I guess I'm kind of a novice, too, because I've seen Yes, it. absolutely. Discuss uh, Frank's thoughts on the film and also uh, some Suicide Squad literature. Ooh, I like to make it. It sounds so fancy. It's very fancy. Uh, well, all right. So my thoughts on Suicide Squad, that I get a chance to see it. Yeah, I, let's jump in. I found it in incredibly mediocre film okay and i couldn't get irritated enough to dislike it mm-hmm. but i just like man this is just not great i couldn't actively i wasn't actively angered by it as i was with batman versus superman yes and maybe it's because those characters especially superman has such more of a personal attachment to me mm-hmm. even though i mean i like that shot you know i didn't like what, how he was executed in the film i didn't need to see him introduced three times yeah, he was. Yeah, it was weird, right? Like, yeah, we like, get it. Yeah, we get you shoot really well. I, <laughs> that extended gun sequence where he's shooting in front of Amanda Walder, mm-hmm. Amanda Walder, and uh, uh, what flag, Rick Flag. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh, enough that Not took way too long. I was like, well, what is this doing? This is serving no reason for any. You know, I I didn't dislike those. It was just weird that he got that and the other characters didn't. That's all. Yeah. You know, if they'd taken one of those intros, first of all, the. Him being apprehended by Batman is like the lamest thing in the entire. Don't you just think that's so lame? And the that way apprehension they did it. sucks. Okay, so Batman, Bruce Wayne, uh-huh. loses his parents uh, as they go down an alley. And right. Somebody takes, uh, pulls a gun and kills them. Yeah. In the in an alley. So what does he do? He, he jumps he, into an alley to apprehend Deadshot with his kid. With his kid. Right. right it's like really, Bruce. You couldn't have picked a better time, or this yeah. is the only time he's out in an alley ever. Yeah. Like, you're why, terrible. Why would you do that in front of a child? Right. They're at Christmas time too. Yeah. And then just the, even the uh, child endangerment, right? Like well, that. So I felt like that was just terribly written. Mm-hmm. Especially when you did something cool with uh, Joker and Harley Quinn, and you had them in actual like chase montage going down the street and stuff. Right. Like you're seeing him in action. That made sense. So why not have Batman do something like that with Deadshot? Yeah, I I don't know. I it bothered me, and the dialogue in that moment was so was really killer, <laughs> like killing me, not killer awesome, just killing my soul a little bit. Yeah, and I. I mean, certainly. I mean, as we talked, as you talked about before, at least you were able to invest a little bit in that shot because you felt like you had he had a motivation. Mm-hmm. I 
uh, he this certainly had a motivation, but it's not one that I enjoyed, and I didn't think it applied to the character as I grew up reading him. Okay, somebody that was, I mean, certainly him having a child got introduced later on into his continuity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when he was first introduced, especially in the original Suicide Squad run, I mean, he was just a man with a death wish. Mm, and so, I, yeah. yeah, and that, I just thought that was just really just interesting as well. Just a man who wasn't afraid to die. He was going to do anything. So, oh, who cares? I get, I get killed. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I, I hadn't drawn that, that he, you're right. In the early ones, he doesn't have a kid. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that wasn't introduced till later on. And I mean, it, that's fine if you want to introduce that later on. It's just like, but I didn't, as his main motivation of why he wanted to, you know, I, I want to make, you know, make sure that my daughter knows that I, you know, I mean something. I want her with me all the time. Like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe as one we, day when you have your own daughter. No, yeah. wait. You already have one. And I don't want her around <laughs> me. Nope. I'm, I'm <laughs> Frank's like, I just couldn't connect to his fatherly need. No, I, yeah, I felt no empathy at all to, to that. Like, mm, what is that? What is that? Being connected to somebody, some offspring of yours. Whoa. Uh, and I thought Enchantress, uh, terrible villain. Terrible. Yeah. Well, I just, her, she was so cool when they first started, and she looked all awesome, and then they got her all CGI'd out, and she wasn't cool anymore like i liked her all kind of golemy you know her effect yeah. like the effect that uh, is it appeared on screen i liked that design of her being kind of all like gross and golemy and this thing and then it, she, she was all like all jazzed up later and that she and her brother that it was just such a bizarre it was weird. It was so weird to make her a villain. I just wanted to see her be one of the Suicide Squad members. And her dancing at the end, just as she's trying to bring this weird oh, you know, right. mystical machine, it was just like, what? I forgot about the dancing. Why is this? It was so weird. It was weird. Oh. Oh, I need to go back and see it again, and then we can have a part three to this. Boy, let's not do that to ourselves. (laughs) There was one nice moment there, which I hope there would have been more of, is when you, uh, the first time she changes inside that, uh, the war room, uh, where the hands kind of clasp when they turn over. Uh That was was neat. That was a really cool effect, yeah. That was the coolest moment for her in the whole entire movie. Mm. Everything else was just like, woof, whatever, after all of that. Well, how'd you think, uh, how'd you like uh, Viola Davis's Amanda Wallace? Um, she was fine. I mean, yeah, she, uh, out of all them, I mean, she had that kind of cold, ruthless streak mm-hmm. that certainly growing up, that was Amanda Waller that, that I remember Waller, reading. Wallace, yes. Oh, no, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, found, I I appreciated that. You know, I don't know. Just like the, her being sort of like what ended up being, I don't want to say the MacGuffin, but just sort of, the, the, it wasn't even much of an exciting reveal, like, oh, we're really saving Amanda Waller this whole time. Like, yeah. Uh, I didn't really. <laughs> I was like, wow, what a twist. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. No. I think that was the biggest thing is that they're just, the stakes weren't high enough. Like, you weren't invested in any of the characters. And I think and that's a problem with every superhero movie that has a, uh, a big name Bar actors. Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that you want to see their faces. If you're going to have Will Smith in a movie, you want to see that it's Will Smith. Mm-hmm. But the part of the allure of Deadshot is he's got this awesome, cool mask. And so when they try to justify it, it's like, well, I'm afraid to put on this mask. When I put on this mask, people die. And then he never really put on the mask, and people still died. So yeah. I'm like, mm, well, right. and he put on that helmet. It was like a whole helmet, and it was so weird because it's like he just pulled it out of his ass. <laughs> like it was a big, bulky helmet. Like where were you keeping it this whole time? It's such a like the the hookups between those shots were so weird because he just like didn't have it, and then he's like, "All oh, right, game time," and he throws it on. I was like, "Where were you keeping that?" And he has it on for so little too. And yeah, then he takes yeah. it off. I'm it's like, like that one fight sequence. It's just long enough to use a stunt double. No. 
<laughs> that's exactly it. Like just long enough for that mm. one big long fight sequence to bring in a stunt double to do all the fighting with his face covered. And what I like about that shot, and I'm willing because it's a comic book movie, or certainly in comic books, I'm willing to suspend that disbelief that these wrist guns that he has. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the real world, they could only carry so much ammo. Right. But I'm willing to buy in that these, for some reason, are just whether it has un- infinite rounds. I'm okay. willing, I'll buy into that <laughs> because that that's just cool. Yeah. Uh, and so for this to to see him in those big scenes, he ends up just using that that rifle a lot and shooting. <laughs> I'm like, man, you know, no, I don't want to see Deadshot doing that. I want to see him with his cool wrist guns yeah. that he shot just a little bit, and that was it. Like, no, no, no let him do that the whole time because that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I was like, no, nah, all right. I guess they can't. You know, nobody to buy that he could just shoot forever on those. Like. Come on, guys. We're already this lady's dancing a, and building a machine. Suspend <laughs> our disbelief on one thing, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, would you? Okay. So, would you recommend this film? I I would not. Okay. Um. No. You, you, I mean, it's such a tough thing because I mean, I love comic books, and I and me, it's like I will see every comic book movie just because I, you know, I guess I just have an interest in the medium and in the material, and I just want to see how it's adapted. Mm-hmm. I often am not. I don't really enjoy many of the movies that I see, mm-hmm. but I still keep seeing them. So it's hard for me to say, like, I mean, I can't say, you know, it's like if you have an interest in this material, I mean, certainly my opinion is not going to sway you on this. Mm-hmm. You already, I think, know right now if you're going to see it or not. But, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're at all like, oh, I don't know, I've never really re- heard of the Suicide Squad or read it, it's like, you save it. Let it come to you. Don't mm-hmm. go seeking it out. Yeah. It only ends in disappointment. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> well, yeah, all right. I, okay. Let me ask you a question. Okay. So uh, you read, so for this one, we're talking about uh, uh, the DC Rebirth issues of Suicide Squad, the original Suicide Squad issues, as well as the couple of issues of Harley Quinn that came out with the DC Rebirth. Yes, correct. So let me jump back to the original Suicide Squad. Mm -hmm. Reading that first issue and the whole setup and stuff like that, I mean, certainly, and we'll we'll be talking about like the dialogue aside, but just the the concepts and the, the story, I thought it was and reading this, it's been a while since I read this, but I go, went back and I was like, I thought this was a much better setup. This made more interesting use of this team, uh, and I liked how it was all set up. What did you think? Um, I thought it was really interesting. I thought it, so this is John Astrander, Luke McDonald, and Carl Kessel? Kessel? Yeah. Kessel? I think Kessel, like the Kessel, Kessel? Run? All right, cool. Maybe The Kessel Run, yeah. right on. Um, yeah, I, uh, I actually, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Uh, I thought that it was, like, it starts off, in, very intense. Mm-hmm. You know, it starts off with action, which is cool, and you see all of these characters that I've never seen before kind of jump in. And I was a little nervous because, like, oh crap, I'm not going to know who these guys are. But it was cool because they jumped, leapt right into the action, uh, the action, and then go back and and clarify. Um, so it's nice that there are these new characters that the um, the jihad, right? Yes. So, which is interesting, right? It's always interesting too to go back and see like it. During which years the comic books decide to make like which race the bad guy? <laughs> yeah, it's like the Russian spies. It's like, well, I can probably tell you about when this book is from. Um, in this case, you know, it's the jihad. So you see a lot of action, and then um, you see all these these characters be introduced to the team that becomes the Suicide Squad, right? So that's kind of nice that you get the you're basically getting two casts of characters that I wasn't familiar with that are then introduced in the book. And so can, that can, considering all that, like that's a lot to throw at somebody and I think they handled it pretty well. Um, I love the bronze tiger. Yeah. He's pretty awesome. That, that, he, he is really cool. Yeah. I, wish I, I, I dug him. I'm, uh, I'm bummed. Reading this, the original issues, there are just like characters in here that it's like, man, I wish they would, would have been 
in the film. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. certainly I wish that, but who knows? I mean, the story, you know, who knows? But I, I would have been more interested in some of these characters than like Slipknot. <laughs> oh boy, Slipknot. Was Slipknot the guy that got killed right off the bat? Yeah. That was that, yeah. Okay, good. now, okay, can I talk to you? So that was one of the things that was like one of my biggest pet peeves of the whole film, if you guys, if you remember. What, so, <laughs> do they ever even call him Slipknot? Oh, uh, gosh. Uh, may- I th- yeah, I think they, I think they called him Slipknot. I think, but he didn't get an intro or anything. No, he didn't get an intro. I think when he made his escape, I think maybe Rick Flag was saying that Slipknot, Slipknot is escaping. I think he got name checked then. Okay. But, oof, but yeah. it was so weird, wasn't it? It's like, here are these two new guys. It's like in walks Captain Boomerang and apparently Slipknot, what, and what? Then he immediately gets shot. You're like, that's not even funny it seems like there was exposition that they like cut out just for time yeah and it was so weird the way they set it up they, they would get everybody else from bell rev uh they pull them out they're all incarcerated they're in their big cells and stuff like that they do this big sequence where they're taking a while out and then captain boomerang is just dumped out in a duffel bag out of the back of a truck yeah why oh, and like why is he in a duffel bag what is up with this <laughs> he's <Why>? like <laughs> just going to show that he's that he's so laughable like they don't even find him a threat enough to like tie him to anything they just throw him in a bag yeah and put him in the bag like how dangerous could he possibly be? You want this guy on your squad? The man's being contained in a cloth bag. Yes. Like, <laughs> oh, it, yeah. just so terrible. And and then Slipknot. I mean, he doesn't do much better because he gets out and then he just hits a woman. It's like, ah, oh, she had a mouth on her. She had it coming. Like, all right, this this already just thanks for painting him in just like really broad, creepy right. strokes. Yeah. So we have no investment in you. And in fact, you're right. The fact that we saw no setup to him, you have no like. There's you, no payoff. Yeah. Like, mm, okay. Yeah, dead. I could have done. Uh, I mean, I guess like it's unfair almost to even say that Slipknot was in that movie because he wasn't really. No. But uh, but yeah, I thought that. Um... So as we talk about Captain Boomerang, then so <laughs> Captain Boomerang terrible in this movie. Just like because I mean, he felt he looked dirty the whole movie. Yeah. It was just whatever. But reading Captain Boomerang here, yeah. what did you think of him? I think it's so funny that you like him so much. He's like a magician pilot. Like I, that's how he looks. He's wearing he's a like magician a, pilot. He's wearing, he's wearing like a stewardess <laughs> cap. Like I don't understand his deal and the way. I mean, the way he talks, obviously ridiculous. But I still don't understand. I stick with this though. He's a douche. Yes. Which is fine. I don't yep. mind like a. I don't mind like a dickhead character. But what his? He doesn't. He just throws boomerangs. Like, but it's not. He's not like a metahuman. He doesn't. He still doesn't seem all that special to me. Like, what's his skills? Yeah. Have you have you boomerang. thrown boomerang accurately? Can you do that? They had the Nerf ones when I was a kid. I threw one of those. It came back to me. But I mean, so you could hit people from across the way with your boomerangs. I just don't. I mean, he's trained himself to the peak level of boomerang throwing. <laughs> he's so ridiculous. Like he just he looks like um. Oh gosh, who does he look like? He looks like Gene Wilder in a <laughs> in like a a stewardess outfit on. Acid. I don't understand. I don't. I don't really get him. But he did have. A, but he did have the bit near the end of this one where he watched. Uh, what's her face? Mind boggler. Mind boggler get murdered. Yeah. Just and I was like, whoa, you sneaky bastard! What are you doing? I thought that just was let great. her die. Yeah. Which was interesting, but mm-hmm. that was by far the most interesting thing. I was like, I don't understand. He's so wacky and weird. He. I mean, I think you don't realize. <laughs> 
how what what a character he is because he's he's attainable. You could become. Let's be honest, we're never going to become Batman. As much as they say like Superman's impossible, but Batman people say like, well, if I had all the money and I trained myself, I could be like Batman. Nobody's really going to be like Batman. That's ridiculous to think you could achieve that level of human perfection. Okay, but. To be a guy that can throw boomerangs really, really well, we could still do that. That is still possible for us. That's the appeal. Okay, all right. We could be Captain Boomerang. Okay, and you know what? Maybe you should be. All right, guys. Anyway, this has been the Novice Frank. I'm really I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, that, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I just, I think it's so funny because the last time you were like, oh, he's so cool. So I was like really excited to read about Captain Boomerang. And I'm like, is this him? He literally has, he's like Miss Frizzle. He has boomerangs <laughs> yeah. all over his jacket. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, because he's cool, but it's just the way, like, he's a douche, and he's just like an unapologetic druse. A, yeah. a douche. Okay, he's a druse. Druse and druse. But yeah, but we see some super cool characters in here, and some really cool female characters. Yeah. Too. So uh, so you have Mindboggler, mm-hmm. who met her demise, like, unfortunately, right off the bat, because she looked pretty cool. She's like a punk rocker. Yeah. But I don't entirely understand her ability. It's, it she just can, scrambles the brain. Yeah, it brings out like some of what you what you consider like your worst fears. Okay, and that it manifests it to, to you. So you're like, oh my gosh, I'm seeing you know giant heads of you know Flash, Batman, and and Superman laughing at me. Okay, or, I saw that, and that was interesting, right? Yeah. That's like that's his deepest fear. And then you've got um, uh, Elastic or Plastic. Oh, plastic. Plastic. Yes. Which is a fabulous name. Wow. And her costume is pretty cool. But what is she, I don't get. What does she do? She uh, can uh, generate uh, blasts of like, so it's almost like an explosive blast. Concussive Why is she blast. plastic? Yeah, like the explosion. You know, it's plastic. You know, like you know, plastic explosive. You know, oh, okay. yeah, plastic. Um, you know, explosive. I saw her name and I thought that she was. I was like, is this somebody else that's gonna be like stretchy? <laughs> <laughs> like over stretchy <That's> right. characters. <laughs> like, I feel like there's a lot of them. I mean, I feel like there's at least two, and I feel like that's plenty of yeah. stretchy. <laughs> that's just, there's two. That's characters. it. No more stretchies, please. Okay, cool. The, well, her costume's super cool. Her design is great. Yeah. Uh, and what? you've got Manticore, who's scary. Yeah. Yeah. You got him. He's creepy. Uh, what the uh, the uh, Dijin, the uh, the digital genie, digitized man. Yeah, which is cool. And I feel like especially for '87, that's like a cool. You know what I mean? The idea, like when they, it's funny when you read his description. Uh, so it's like a living man reduced to a binary code <laughs> and stored in a magnetic bottle, the size and shape of a Walkman. That's ooh. which is like the most '80s sounding description that I could think of like it's you know what I mean it's like they're trying to think of something that sounds like really impressive it's like yeah. the size of a Walkman whoa, whoa. <laughs> Walkman you got him down that small yeah holy exactly. cow so uh see so yeah, I thought that was super cool and then um Chimera yep who is also her code name her that's Chimera is like her code name well her, we don't know though yes she's playing both sides that's right so her, her real name is nightshade nightshade yes she's cool she's cool yeah she's very cool so that's a cool skill that she had oh, and i like that i mean this sets up all these characters but then also sets up you've got double agents mm-hmm. as well i was like that that there was just a lot that was put into this issue and i thought it really as you said just covered a lot of ground but in a really good manner yeah i thought so i mean it was interesting right because this bears almost no resemblance to <laughs> Not only the fi- like no resemblance to the film, but very little even to the the rebirth. Yeah. Yes. You know, uh, but I think that this is pretty strong source material. It is. And it's from the 80s. I mean, that these characters are pretty great, and they do such a good job of. I mean, you got like essentially like a lineup on one page, right? Mm-hmm. You've got everybody has their own little 
square. And it's really, uh, for as many characters as they're introducing, they did it really well, I think. I don't know, and it's like when you see this source material right here, you see the potential of what, mm -hmm. what, what a movie like this based off of could be like. Yeah. And to see what actually came out, you're like, man, I just feel like you missed it. Especially with the villain. I, I felt like you didn't need to have a whole huge army like they had, a whole huge squad like they did in this. Mm. But I just like the idea that it was just not this mystical mumbo jumbo thing, but it was, and, or one of their own. Mm -hmm. that they were actually going off to do this weird, it was a suicide mission. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like they, they, you took the name out of the suicide squad because you're just having them basically just get one of their own. They kind of right. went rogue. Like this, you, I want to see them go against odds that seem like. We're not going to come back from this. Yeah. Well, and it is interesting, too, because I think there is a line in here, right, about Deadshot that's, like, kind of his only descriptor is, like, he's the top marksman in the world and he doesn't give a shit whether he lives or dies. It's mm -hmm. pretty much his gist. That's, like, his log line, which is not, like you mentioned earlier, it's not the not the description of the character in the new film. Yeah. At all. And there's something, and I didn't, I didn't mind the, the backstory of him being a parent and all. I didn't mind that. But there is something that's kind of romantic about a character who's just like fuck it like i'm <laughs> you know like who's just not who's just there to be there he's like because for him a suicide mission is like fine you know there's some, there's something interesting about that because i like at the end i had no like sense of like oh that's so great they're together like him and his child yeah. at the end where they're doing homework yeah he's like just gonna go back to prison yeah it's like i, I was i wasn't like oh thank goodness he's got this moment with his daughter and thanks rick flag for like you know stopping the cops and putting the cuffs on him right in front of his daughter like, yeah man this is great you guys are gonna be best friends forever it felt real hokey yeah Oof. yeah but uh, what I did like about this is it's always great uh, going back to these issues and just reading like lines of dialogue. Mm -hmm. uh, what they thought, like uh, when when Mind Boggler does her uh, does her thing on Captain Boomerang, makes mm -hmm. him see those images. That his uh, you bloody bike. <laughs> it's like, I know. Bike was like yeah. He just kept calling her a bike. <laughs> I know, and maybe, is, I, I don't know if that's an Australian slang for I, something. I don't know. But I was like, oh, right. research that <laughs> before I just start casually calling people bikes. I should find out if I'm calling them something really <laughs> offensive. Um, but she, she says to him, she's like, she's like, you're not a man, you're a mouth with legs. And I was like, yes, plastique. Captain Boomerang is just a mouth with legs. <laughs> I, agreed, I agreed with her heartily there. Um, now, I w oh, go ahead. Go ahead, please. I was a little, I was confused by there's a character is it guy no because flag is the one in the bright yellow shirt right like oh, a yes. really yellow shirt but isn't there another guy that comes in it's just like his first he just has his first name it's like a normal name oh uh oh, let's see. what was that i know that what in the second issue there's nemesis but okay, yeah. Who's Nemesis then? I don't. That was confusing to me. Yeah, he's, he's uh, just like there, kind of. All yeah, of he's like a he's like a, a master of disguise. Not quite like the human target, but he's also like an undercover agent that will uh, that will go undercover. And that's how he discovers Chimera. It's him that finds her, right? That he's like, oh no. Oh wait, no. Uh, because uh, wait, oh. Well, after she gets knocked out, yeah. Yeah. From Plastique, yeah, because he went to go get Plastique because he was dressed up as uh, Mustache or whatever his name was. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. It was like Mustache. I'm like, that's a weird name for yeah. somebody. <laughs> okay, but that was him, though. That was yes. that was Nemesis. Okay. So his form is basically other people's forms? Or he just will just like put on disguises and stuff, uh, you know, as like an undercover operative. Okay. See, and this is a moment that I love, right? So you've got the bronze tiger, who I've already said is like pretty awesome. I think he's. I want to know more about him. I think he's super cool looking. Yeah. Um, and 
there's Captain Boomerang's like, you bloody bike. Again, no one laughs at Captain Boomerang. No one. And then he heaves a boomerang. And Bronze Tiger just reaches up and grabs it out of the air. Yeah, he's like, mm, He just like, grabs it. <laughs> so I'm just like, why are you here, Captain Boomerang? Well, I did like Oh, and then he also goes, he's like, he's about to call him out. Captain Boomerang looks, he's staring at the Bronze Tiger and he's like, you black, and then just cuts off. Yes. And I'm like, what were you going to call him? Like, you're not even creative. Yeah, I don't, you black martial artist? Yeah, I don't know, like, what, he's just going to call him a fact? I don't understand. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I called you exactly what you are. Yeah, you know, Mm. it'd be like me looking at you and being like, you Caucasian male. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Oh. Oh, No. Deepest cut of all. Yeah. (laughs) So I didn't understand that, but, uh, yeah. And I did like Boomerang when he sees uh, Chimera. She reveals that, hey, I'm really Nightshade. I'm your guys' side. That he goes, oh, I like the Sheila. Nice, nice noms on her, too. <laughs> or, ni- or no, it's nice, nice norks. Norks. Yes. Yep. Nice norks on her. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, that, all right. So, I'm going to get a shirt made that says nice norks. <laughs> now that right there, nice deep cut. See how many people realize, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Captain Boomerang. All it's right. Like, nice norks with just a boomerang on it. <laughs> I'm going to see how many people get it. You're welcome. We'll be selling these shirts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Online. Check it out, everybody. That, oh, our first shirt. That would be fantastic. That would be nice pretty Norks. great. Yeah, nice Norks. <laughs> pretty nice. So given this, uh, based on uh, everything that you read here for these two issues, kind of give you a little sampling of, of what laid ahead for John Ostrander and his run for the Suicide Squad. Did you enjoy these two issues? Would you be more? Uh, would you be intrigued to read more of his version of the series? Yes. Yeah, I liked the characters. I thought that I still had questions, but I think that for as much as they crammed into a single issue, that they really accomplished a lot. So yeah, I'd uh, I would read more and I'd recommend it. Now, it, why don't we talk about the uh, Suicide Squad Rebirth? Okay. What do you think about this version of the team? Uh, from the Rebirth. Yes. I was not as impressed. I was. When I saw the cover, I was kind of jazzed because I was like, oh, man, it's the crocodile, Killer Croc, and Katana. She's, like, holding the pictures on the yeah. cover. They don't come up. No. I, Neither of them come up. No. I um, did not uh, – I'm not really – so far, I'm not digging this Rebirth series of Suicide Squad. Because I, I feel like I, as I'm watching it, I'm watching, like, a corporate-mandated lineup for the series. Like, oh, these characters in the movie, so let's put them yeah. in the comic, And this too. is kind of the danger that we talked about a little bit last time, right? Which is that as as it evolves and you get these – you're not just looking at a comic book, you're looking at a franchise, right? Mm -hmm. So now these things are being, and I don't necessarily think it's bad, but I think in general it keeps you from being present on what you're writing because you're thinking, okay, well, we got to market this film that's coming out, so we want to make sure that the film and the comics line up, you know, and so that people can get the characters from both and... And I think you're you're at that point you're not really focused on just making a great issue. You're then trying to worry about squeezing in these these characters that you know are going to be in the film instead of just you know and like making sure the backstory lines up. And where I don't know that that was a problem before. I'm yeah. glad to think about that. No, I mean it's only well, and I guess maybe the Suicide Squad had the the benefit of being a new concept back there in the in the late '80s, mm-hmm. and the lineup. I mean, had some well-known characters. I mean, if you had Deadshot, you had Captain Boomerang. Uh, and a couple other characters, but then you had some lesser-known ones that you didn't like. I mean, Plastique had been around like Captain Adam and Firestorm at the time, mm-hmm. but like uh, Mindboggler had a couple appearances, but uh, enough that at the time they were known, but they were still, you had no reason to think like, oh, well, who's going to, you couldn't look at that lineup and say like, I know for sure 
all these characters are going to survive, and these ones are the cannon fodder, mm. so to speak. Unlike like Slipknot in the movie or anything like that, where you're like, all right, I, he can buy it because we have no investment in him, and I have no idea who he is. But I know our stars, they're they're going to stay alive through the whole film. Yeah. And stuff like that was the nice thing about this for uh, the yeah, the '80s version of Suicide Squad. It's like there was that that sense of like I don't know who could die. Anybody could die in these issues. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was kind of lacking in this issue of the Suicide Squad because you know none of them are going to die because they're all the stars of the movie. Yeah. And they've all got their own series and they're really popular. Like Harley Quinn, you know she's not going anywhere. Right. So yeah. it's like there's no there's no real sense of suspense. I think in terms of like mm, what could happen. Yeah. No, you're uh, you're right. And I mean, I think that I think we get a, a decent intro into. Flag's origin, like they have to go get him out of Guantanamo. Like mm-hmm. we don't, I don't really know, even though like I guess I do. I, I don't know. It's like you pissed off someone powerful, and so now you're in Guantanamo. I don't like know that I necessarily buy that. Oh, hey, who hasn't been there? Huh? <laughs> yeah, classic. <laughs> um, so I like that they said, you know, they're like world class gymnast for Harley Quinn. Like at least they're like that's all it takes. World class gymnast, like three words. So at least you understand, like, oh, she's got skills. Yeah. Because everything else is like Harley Quinn, crazy smart psychiatrist, which is great. Crazy psycho bitch, which like I'm not a huge fan of. World class, I'm like world class gymnast, big mallet. Like I, <laughs> but it, you know I I, I want to know why she's there because in the movie you just get that she's crazy. Mm-hmm. She doesn't seem particularly. And I, and this being said, and I said this last time, I like Margot Robbie, and I th- I think that she did an okay job with that character. It could have been a very annoying character yeah. to watch because I don't think that she was armed with a whole hell of a lot. Um, but I don't really get that she's super smart in that movie, and I don't really get that she's, like, an amazing gymnast or that she's got any other skills other than just being, like, super cute. Yeah, you know, I wanted to see her be awesome. Yeah, because you think, okay, so, so she's deranged. Mm-hmm. Uh, her, her experiences with the Joker have kind of, you know, really unhinged her, mm-hmm. but she's also a psychiatrist before she went in this, so right. you think that she's really kind of crafty and intuitive about the human mind, mm-hmm. so you want to see more of that sense of smart come in there where she's playing mind games with people, too. She can read people. She can understand their motivations and That's play right. off of that. Yeah. And so, like, I'm just going to hit you with the big mallet. Yay. Yeah. 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 I, uh, you know, and it's like I, this interpretation of Deadshot, eh, you know, I don't know. It's just, I feel like it's not quite, he's not as cool as I want him to be. Yeah. I, well, I just don't know much about him in this one. No, I, certainly in this version, we don't um, get it. We don't get as much. Uh, Captain Boomerang costume way better in this one. Oh, come on. No way. <laughs> I disagree with that one, man. We're not seeing that really cool, that hat. That hat. That's hilarious. Uh, I mean, th- this one, I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like right, we get it. We open it up with Amanda Waller being, uh, having President Obama talk to her. It's like, hey, guess what I just learned? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that you guys exist. I think it's kind of, I mean, I think it's, because it, he is Obama, right? Mm-hmm. Is he like, actually Obama or is he supposed to be just like an Obama-like president? I, I would. I, I think DC kind of does more where they do the, with the real presidential figures. That's cool. Yeah. Marvel I mean, will often have their own versions of whoever's president at the time. Yeah. I mean, I think that I think that it's cool that we're like, that like broader, broader things. I think it's cool that we're living in an age where the comic book opens with a, a, a strong African-American woman discussing who's the, you know, the top of She's really smart. She's in control of her own department, right? She's, like, that far up talking to an African-American president. Like, that's pretty cool. If you look, you know what I mean? Honestly, if you look at, like, the broad history of comic books, because I do think that they are so representative of the time in which you live, and I think that's really neat. But that's kind of my favorite thing about this book. (laughs) 
<laughs> that first scene, I was like, well, I was like, that's pretty cool. Like, it's neat that, you know, it's neat that we live in a time where like that's happened. Where like, the, you know, my kids could grow up and just have that be like, oh yeah, like why wouldn't that be? That's just the norm. Yeah. You know, but um, but the issue itself was like, there's just nothing to. I didn't really feel like there was much to write home about. Uh, I mean, Captain Boomerang does have his little moment, though, where uh, they're trying to save a guy that has a gene bomb, and uh, and so they can't let really get the bomb when the guy is being captured by the bad guys. So what does Captain Boomerang do is he throws a boomerang and cuts off his hands mm-hmm. the, uh, to retrieve the bomb. Yes. Did you... So was that so cool? So that's for, fine. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's that a good. Fine. That's a good use of a boomerang. That's valid. Go. That's a, That is a good use of a boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that, like, dead shot couldn't have just... Shot the guy's hands off. Which you know, in a going back to the movie for a second. So at the end, they they got to throw this explosive device inside the the, the mystical machine to mm-hmm. destroy it. So the uh, Killer Croc sure he's got a lot of super strength, but the one guy on the team that is an expert at throwing things and hitting a mark would be Boomerang. Like Boomerang, Captain Boomerang. You throw things and you hit things. Yeah. Why does he does nothing in this entire movie? I know that would. But why that is not his one moment. Killer Croc already had his moment where he said like, "Hey, I'm going to go with you guys." down under the sewer to make sure this is free. So he had his moment where he kind of stepped up and he did his role. Mm-hmm. But now you've got Captain Boomerang who's really done nothing this entire movie except carry around the stupid p- stuffed pink unicorn. Uh, has a chance They didn't to... even bring it back a third time. No. Rule three. Yeah. Like he could throw that that bomb uh, with his marksmanship and then Deadshot could detonate it. But no, that doesn't even happen. So he did, like why was it? Why... why was he there? This is why I came in with such a sour opinion of Captain Boomerang because my introduction to that character was that film. Do you understand? Yeah, and I can understand that because okay. seeing that, it's like I think there's a lot of potential. You don't. Have to, I mean, he he is just a he's just a he's a douche. We've talked about that. I mean, yeah. but but I, I like that version of him, and I just feel like, but he still does stuff. I mean, he's yeah. still he's still an active participant. Uh, and this one, I just feel like, just take a bath. And just I didn't please think please take yeah. a bath. And I didn't think the actor was bad. It wasn't him. It, he just didn't have anything to do. There was nothing for him to do. And there wasn't even a sense, because uh, I did like the one moment where they get to the bar, and uh, Rick Flagg comes in and smashes the controller device for all the explosive bombs in their heads. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. you guys can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And Boomerang up and goes, which mm-hmm. I love. Just grabs the stuff, and he's out. Great. And I'm like, great little beat. But then yeah. all of a sudden, he's back with them. Yeah. I'm like, what, what, how did this happen? What did he come back? <laughs> yeah. Just give us that extra beat where he's outside the bar realizing, like, oh, man, I'm screwed. I can't get out without these guys, so I guess I have to go back in. There wasn't even well, that. And the, yeah, and there could have been a good moment for comedy there, too, right? If he walks out and, like, sees all the shit hitting the fan and he, like, realize, he, had, he had that realization and he walks back in and he's like, you know what? No, I'm part of this team. And then, you know what I mean? And then tries to, like, weasel his way back in and make it seem like he's doing it for the good. Yeah. Without, you know what I mean? Without giving it up that he's really just a coward twice. And especially, they just missed, I feel like they just missed a lot of opportunities with him. When he goes up and tries to talk tough to Amanda Waller at the end of the film, mm-hmm. and it's like we've seen nothing of you this entire movie that would justify like us feeling like any sense of danger from yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> right. Just like what? It's like wait, aren't you the guy from the duffel bag? <laughs> yeah, we're we're not going to really be afraid of you, are we? Right. Yeah. Oh. oh my. I to be honest, I, I did not. Killer Croc did nothing for me in the film. And it was I'm, the same. I just like what I. He's an interesting idea, and so like I mean, if his design, like I think his design is cool, but I know nothing about him, and I that's why I was all jazzed to see him on the front cover of this, a Suicide Squad Rebirth, because I was like, oh, they're finally gonna explain this crocodile guy. <laughs> no, nope, he's no, not no. in it. Like he's just a croc, Ugh. just an aggressive. Croc man, I guess, but I even like you didn't see him fighting a whole hell of a lot. No, 
and he's like, oh, finally, you know, my time has come with this, like, now the sewer. Now we have to take it to the sewers. It's like, oh, what are the odds? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like, you're like, yeah, this bomb is uh, underwater in a sewer. Who could possibly do this? It was so weird. The setup was so weird. I was like, well, I guess. I don't know. Who could do this, you guys? (laughs) If only we had a crocodile man hybrid on the team. You know? Yeah. It's just uh, Jim uh, Jim Lee, who's one of the artists that kind of rotates with uh, Philip Tan on this series. Mm -hmm. And a big legend, Jim Mm -hmm. Lee. Yeah. Yeah. So it's only working on the X-Men. The fact that I know his name means he's a big deal. Even as a a novice. Even as a novice. Yeah. I know Jim Lee. He just Uh, had a birthday, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And he was saying that his favorite relationship in this series so far that he's been working on is the the Harley Quinn Croc Killer Croc story uh, characters. They have okay. a good relationship, a dynamic between okay. them. Uh, so far, what I've seen has not got me at all excited about anything from there. I'm mm-hmm. just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Oh man, it's a bummer. I really want to like it, and I think like I think the art is good, and yeah. I think that. But there are these fun little teasers that don't come to fruition like you've got this cool shot of of harley like ripping into somebody's face yeah right at the beginning right when like she's fighting three guards and she's like really active and powerful and then i just like don't see it for it's like it's like oh okay well that's that's unfortunate well uh i feel and i feel this is a good segue we're talking about harley quinn Mm -hmm. i have a tough time reconciling harley quinn uh so like we're gonna talk about her uh, her series her solo series, but I always feel it's weird because she's such a prominent member of the Suicide Squad. So suddenly she's incarcerated, and then she's released to do these missions. And yet in her own book, she's off just doing these weird adventures. So yeah. I don't. I mean, and I guess you know it's like you know for those of the, those are the people that like if you're worried about continuity, you know don't care about that. Just enjoy the story for what it is. But it just seems so weird to have these two different things, two different sides of these characters. They seem so diametrically opposed. That are running at the same time. Yes. I think that's the weirdest thing is that you've got. Then they, sh- I feel, I feel the same way. I agree with you, and I feel like if if they're gonna do that, then don't make them both rebirths. Make one, the rebirth issue where she's in, and that's the Suicide Squad, and then the other, have her be. Don't make it a rebirth thing. Like have it, you know, don't call it a comeback. Like <laughs> have her be, you know, have her do, have her doing. I just, yeah, I, I agree. It's it, there's no continuity, and it, it's kind of, it's a little jarring. And I also don't... So we're transitioning now to the Harley Quinn uh, yes. Rebirth run. So her own individual spinoff in the Rebirth, basically, is what how I think of it. Yes. And what do you think of Harley Quinn as a character? It's hard, because I like a lot of the things about her, like a lot of the qualities about her. A lot of the qualities she has, I enjoy. Um, but I'm confused... In these books, I don't know. Like, I like so I like her introducing herself, and the way in which they did that, I think, is good, right? I was, you know, this is exactly where I'm from. This is kind of how I became, and like this backstory stuff is like more what I'd like to know about. Mm, I gotcha. think, right? I think that's interesting. Um, and uh, you know, he dumped me, so. Um, but I think this is part of it, right? She becomes, she says, like, he dumped me, and I became stronger, and I'm on my own, and I'm cool. Yeah. I didn't get that in the movie. No, no, no. I mean, She's there's... still just, like, super obsessed with him and doesn't, can't reconcile in her mind that, she, that he's so awful. <laughs> he's terrible, you know? Um, and so, and even this, like, this Vata Chemicals thing, right, to bleach her skin, 
I was talking, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier, you know, with Trevor when I first came in, and it, it's frustrating because in the film, it's a beautiful shot, but I feel like it's just there to be a beautiful shot. Yeah. You know, they don't explain it. You don't even realize, I didn't realize even off top, like, oh, it bleached her. Because he jumps in there also. Yes. You know and what I mean? And everything's just kind of oozing around And everything them. just, and I think it's a gorgeous, like cinematically, I think it's a really pretty shot. But there's, there's a quote by Ansel Adams that says, there's nothing worse than a, there's nothing worse than a clear image of a sharp, it, there's nothing worse than a sharp image of a fuzzy concept. Mm. That's a quote that he used. And I think it's, it's it, for me, it's exactly that in the movie. Like, it's a beautiful picture, but, like, what are we even seeing? Yeah, Like, it, he's going to, he's like, wants to kill her, and then he doesn't, or he wants to turn her like him. There's just, there's, it's so out of nowhere, and then he jumps in also. Yeah, that's, like, see, it's it just like, doesn't make any sense. Like, I feel like the Joker Harley Quinn thing is that, that he, uh, he's not in love with her, she's deeply in love with him, but mm -hmm. he likes the idea of just, like, messing around with her. That mm -hmm. He screws with her as much as he screws with everybody else, and she kind of strings her along. Mm -hmm. And I like the concept of like, uh, no, I nobody else can treat my girlfriend bad except me. You can't treat her bad. You can't have her. Right. But I can treat her bad because she's mine. And just okay. like more as a property and just like a plaything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I could see like, uh, in the movie, him I, th that relationship just seems so weird to me that way because it seemed like they tried to make it seem like more of more of a, a sense of romantic connection between them. Yeah. Because uh, when he jumps in after, I felt like whoa, that's something that he should have just been like, yeah, well. I tried that, it didn't work, and then just leave. And if she survived, she survived. Yeah. But have it be one way or the other. Like, it was just really, it was fuzzy. It was fuzzy, fuzzy concept to me. So The one thing that was too fuzzy in there, or not fuzzy enough, was the uh, the shot where they did, uh, based on that Alex Ross print of her in her original kind of Harley Quinn costume and, and the Joker in his, mm -hmm. his tux, that costume looked terrible in, li yeah. in live action. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> that was awful. Yeah, that's funny. Oof. Yeah. But I, but I liked, I in the... In the issue, I like that it says, like, so um, bleach my skin just like his. You know, I think that, like, at least there's a little bit of exposition there to, uh, to so we understand her emotional process, what she's going through. So I like that. And then you turn the page, and was she, like, hosting a burlesque variety hour? What is this? I know. it's What is it? It's like It's, like, four pages, and I don't understand like I don't get it I'm like what's then what's her reality like what is she even what is she doing like here's my my skate club sisters and I'm like all right cool like are they gonna come back like I get I understand too that now you know Harley Quinn has her own the fans of Harley Quinn's fans are just like super devoted to Harley Quinn you know and the Joker they love the love story they love you know and a lot of these things about her and I think that she's sometimes a really awesome character I like the relationship between she and Ivy that, that that's was my that's my my high point yes. my high point in this issue is the relationship between she and and Ivy but this is another thing I was under the impression there was a romantic relationship in this run, are they romantic? Or are they just like BFFs? They're just BFFs. There's never really been a romantic thing. There's always been that just kind of like... Like a tension? A, yeah, there's like... I don't know if it's necessarily a tension. Or is it just something people have imagined because they think it's hot? I, I think it's people... You can easily read into it. And uh -huh. their okay. relationship seems to be very caring. Okay. Uh, and I think people could easily just try to ship them. But there's okay. never been o anything overt about them being in any sort of kind of relationship. They're just really very close friends. Okay. And I mean, I'm fine with it either way, honestly. I, you know, I'd, I'd buy it either way. I guess I kind of thought just from seeing and hearing and all of that, like cosplay and, and even just covers and stuff, I figured like, oh, well, 
that makes sense. She was in this horribly, you know, abusive relationship with a guy, and now she's found, a, like, a caring relationship with a, another female villain. Yeah. Um, but if they're your friends, that's cool, too. No, because it's, uh, I felt like I, one of the best things they did with Harley Quinn is, like, there was only so many times you could see her being treated like garbage from the Joker, mm-hmm. and then coming back for more. And she's right. like, come on, let's do something different. And I thought when the writers decided to kind of spin her off and, and start pairing her up with Poison Ivy, mm-hmm. I thought that was when you saw like a really great side that's of that cool. character come out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like, all right, that's cool. She is, she's quirky and interesting on her own. Mm-hmm. And in that relationship and that friendship with Ivy, just it was nice to see that facet of the character come out. And so those are the strongest moments in this issue for me is just seeing that relationship with Ivy. I feel like that's something that's no matter which incarnation of Harley Quinn, that relationship, when it's played, uh, is really interesting to watch. Yeah, I thought so. That for me was my favorite. I didn't understand them. This barrage of like other Harley Quinn. You know what it, it looks like to me? It looks like, and here are all of these other characters that you can also purchase for your Harley Quinn collection. <laughs> That's what it looks like. It looks like severe marketing to me. Like these characters that are in these like kind of cool costumes that like girls can look at or guys and be like, oh, I'm gonna cosplay as her. Because yeah. I like the costume is what it reads like to me. Because you don't understand really who they are or like what their backstories are. I don't know if they're coming back. I I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I guess because there was since this is the uh, our Harley Quinn rebirth issue. There was uh, the new Fifty Two Harley Quinn series where uh, it went about thirty issues or so. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure a lot of these characters must have been introduced in that course of that series, and okay. now they're just kind of being brought back and like, hey, we're still continuing on from that original okay. run, even though it's kind of a rebirth. All right. So if we and I hadn't read any of those original issues either. So for me, I was much like you when I'm seeing all this laundry list of characters coming out. You know, like the genie that lost his powers and now is human, but he works at a you know kebab factory and there he made magical kebabs. I'm like, all right, I this you're just you're just throwing all, like this laundry list of characters and I have no at least as a new reader no connection to them. Yeah. Yeah. Not not that excited to. There wasn't enough in them to be, be to me make me want to go like all right I gotta get these back issues and just find out more about it. Yeah. Oh. This is something though that I liked that all three of these series did. I like the little in the little insert that's like with an asterisk. That's like if you want, if you're interested in this, that's what they did a lot of that. Enough that it was almost distracting in the '87 uh, Suicide Squad run. <laughs> that, but that, it, that, it was that, almost that Secret Origins yeah. issue. Secret Origins it's, fourteen guys. It just kept over and over again. It's like <laughs> P.S. Secret Origins fourteen. It's probably still on sale. Oh. Like th- so, they made me laugh. But it but it's nice though. It's kind of like a. It's almost like um citing your work yes right which is so it's kind of nice if, if you're somebody like me that's like yeah i do kind of want to know what happened yeah and i feel like that's like that 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 kind of uh editorializing inside a story like mm-hmm. it's kind of faded away i and yeah i haven't really seen much of that before i the, the most similar thing i've seen in more modern books is uh at the very beginning or maybe they'll put a note where it's like uh if you haven't read this now would be a good time to do that before you move on to this story yeah which i also appreciate um, but but it was cool. It was like it was like a funny little. Um, it was just funny. I was like, oh right. It kind of every. It did it often enough that it, it kind of pulled me out a little bit. <laughs> yes, it did. Um, but it was like it was almost like a funny little. It's like I'm watching a show and then like it's like one of those little uh, banners starts at the bottom. Yeah, one of the rollers. Um, <laughs> it's like. If you're enjoying, you know, if you're enjoying Family Guy, try watching this show Tuesdays at eight type thing. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, sure, I will. Yeah, I might. Because I felt like once was maybe. Yeah, I just felt like they hammered that one too many times. A if lot. You're gonna, if you're gonna remind me, it's like a hard sell. Yeah, try reminding me of different story arcs or different right. issues that I should check out. But the one you kept on hammering over, one over and over, over, over again. Like, 
guys, it's only been like two pages since we read this before. <laughs> I, I'm cool. I remember. Yeah, right. yeah. But I like. But I, but they kind of carried that through um, with all three series. Is that sort of little inset box? It's like if you don't understand this and you want to know more, here's where you go for that information, which I think is good. Yeah, and that's what I loved about the comics. But growing up, is like as a new reader, when you see that, that's like that right there. If you're interested in that idea, the concept, or what they're talking about, and they tell you exactly where you can read more about that. Mm-hmm. It's great. Like, Whoa, all right, cool. I, I want to buy that issue because mm-hmm. this idea seems really cool and I'd love to know more about the story about it. Yeah, yeah, so. which is neat. So I, I liked that. Um, <laughs> this guy shows up and I'm like, oh, why is Deadpool and Harley Quinn? Yeah. But it's not. No, it's, uh, I guess his name's Toolbox. So Wait, is that his name? Toolbox? I, think it's, I, I thought I, it was I'm, Hammer or something. I'm thinking it's Toolbox because he's got like the T's on his chest and stuff. I mean, she keeps coming up with different names for him. Oh, okay. But I do like his dialogue, the way it's written in different sort of like... Sh- uh, yeah, different like tool shapes. Yeah. That was my first, I was like. And I did enjoy the art for this, too. That uh, really nice yeah, art. Yeah, I like the artwork. Um, want to call my real name, do you? Yeah. yeah, what's his actual, is it, okay, so his name isn't Hammerhead. No, 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 I think, I think, <laughs> I think making it's. making fun of him. Yeah, I believe it's Toolbox. Toolbox. And the, uh, the art was done by, oh, Chad Harden, which I, I, I enjoy the artwork for that. Has uh, kind of like a Chris Batista. Uh, who's a another artist that has kind of a similar kind of uh, look to it, but I thought really enjoyable art. But man, I'll be honest. Like I read these two uh, for the first two issues of the mm-hmm. Harlequin. Uh, I don't. I don't feel any particular urge to continue on yeah. the series. Like there wasn't anything about reading these two issues. I'm like, yeah, man, this is great. I got to read more about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. I agree. And it's a bummer because I really, I was, I really wanted to like it. I wanted to like her, you know. And I'm just, I. Again, I like the relationship between she and Ivy. Like, I'd watch them just hang out. Yeah, no, for sure. That was <laughs> I pretty. Could just yes, watch them. I would watch them, like a like a, uh, you know, like a half hour multicam sitcom of just you know like Ivy and Harley Quinn <laughs> going on adventures on a road trip. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I would watch that. That'd be hilarious and fun. But uh, but also, just objectively, this is weird. Like, the story is weird on this one. It's it, it's it's like not. It's super fantastic and not super realistic. It walks a sort of weird line in the middle. So basically the gist is that an alien, a young alien, yes. crash lands on Earth, disguises himself as a cow. Then that cow, who's the alien, gets slaughtered. And then the people of the city eat the hot dogs that are made from that meat and become zombies. Yes. Flesh eaters. Of flesh flesh yeah. eaters. Like, what a weird, I just don't, I mean, it's weird. The concept is strange. And it doesn't come till, I mean, like, halfway through? When, where are we in this issue when this even pops up? Like, yeah. It's just sort of a, yeah, like, you're halfway through the issue when that's introduced. And it's such a weird, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's like such a funny, like, you couldn't just made it, like, just zombies or... Yeah, I don't know, because there was always that big talk, like, is there bite infectious? I don't know. Uh, we got to figure it out. I didn't really care. Yeah. And I felt because, like, uh, written by Amanda, Collar, Amanda Connor and Jimmy Pagliotti, mm-hmm. and they, I read that their series was held in real, uh, well regard. Mm-hmm. And people said, oh, man, uh, they're doing a great job with the Harley Quinn. So, admittedly, I bought, uh, from the new DC, uh, DC 52, mm-hmm. I bought a couple trades of the Harley Quinn digitally, but I haven't read them yet. Just, like, is everything kind of just back Piled piles up, up? yeah. yeah. But it's like, uh, so I kind of like, I, already, I bought like maybe 12 issues or so. And it's like, I haven't read them yet. But now after reading this, I'm like, oh, man, all right. I I'm, not, I'm not, it's not really jumping to the top of my reading pile at all. Yeah. I, I was a little surprised because I thought if you were to, you know, 
I try to go in with not a lot of expectations with all this. I, I try to not be like, well, this is the one I'm really going to like. Um, but I thought if you would have asked me before I started, like, which to rank what I thought I would enjoy the most, I thought I was going to enjoy Harley Quinn Rebirth the most, Suicide Squad Rebirth after that, and the classic Suicide Squad not as much. You ageist. I know. How dare you. No, it's just because because I saw how many characters there were. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that always makes me a little nervous because I think it's hard to balance that really well. Um, but it's the opposite. I really enjoyed yes. that. It seemed Frank's like, point for me. Yeah, yeah. But I really enjoyed the 87. And I was, there's so much just um, to see those characters updated would be cool. Mm-hmm. I, I think like the, the initial concept for those uh, 87 characters, uh, the 87 series, would be so cool to see in a modern day. Mm-hmm. And I, what I love, though, is that, that it shows, like, for as much as we make fun of some of the dialogue that, for Captain Boomerang and things like that, yeah. just uh, just the, the, the fundamentals of the storytelling in there. I was just going to say, it's just good, simple storytelling. Yeah. Just really direct and artfully done, and everything's arranged well on the pages, you know, so you kind of know how to follow, and it's easy to read. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's going back and reading this, which was exciting. That's one thing I love doing this podcast with you, because certainly reading these series, but then getting a chance to go back and revisit them, I just you're reminded why some of these series are just so well regarded, and they just hold up so well, mm-hmm. uh, even after all this time. So yeah. yeah, thirty years later, and it's still like I'm still I, I want to go back. I bought a bunch of uh, the whole run digitally, so I'm excited to go back and just jump in and finish them off. And I'll probably just and I mean that one goes on for four years. Is that right? It's like it's, it's sixty like six issues. Okay, yeah, so there's a lot there. But yeah, I will, um, I'll probably continue with that series. With Ooh. these, I, Oh, then I think maybe I we could do a little revisit later, later yeah. on. Then, yeah. He's excited. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm jazzed, so I think it's really cool. I'm kind of, I'm kind of bummed that I was like, oh, man, uh, Boggler, Scrambler, Mind Scrambler? Mind Boggler. Mind Boggler, there it is. No. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, she's really cool, and now she's gone. R.I.P. Mind Boggler. But, uh, but yeah. But she won't be because Amanda will be cosplaying her later this year at Kamikaze. Come check out my mohawk. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna be amazing. Um, Yeah, so that was really cool. Well, that looks like that is bringing us to the end of this episode of The Novice and Frank. We do. Do you have any suggestions for uh, what we want to talk about next time? Ooh, some suggestions. (laughs) Uh, I'll let you go first. Is there something that you're curious about reading? Have you? Oh, yeah, there is. Have you read Nightfall? The, the the Batman Nightfall? Yes. Oh, it's been all, I, gosh, I've read parts of it. It'd be great to go back and, and do a little a little revi- revisit of that. I assume, I mean, there's only one Nightfall and it's Batman Nightfall, yeah. right? Yes. So yeah, you want, yeah, you want to just do a little deep dive on Nightfall? So I've never read it. My brother is reading it right now. He's in like volume three or something like that. And so, uh, and he keeps talking about it. So I feel like I should read it. So this will be a recommendation for my brother, um, Austin Barnes. All right, shout out to Austin. Shout out to Austin. So this will be. So I'm gonna read Nightfall, and um, and I think that's a good one. Do you, do you yeah. have anything that we actually? Actually, uh, why don't we just do Nightfall? Because I haven't read it. I've read only read parts of it too. So it'd be cool because we could spend the whole time just talking about Nightfall. Then great. Yeah. Sounds perfect. We may or may not have a guest. We'll find out. If not, Trevor will share his thoughts. Trevor will jump in. Right, Trevor. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Look at that. Look how excited he was by that. He's jazzed. <laughs> so glad to be here. <laughs> And sorry for the background noise, folks. We're uh, recording. Um, we're recording here at uh, Meltdown, so we're attached to Nerdist Industries. They're doing a class yes. next door. So check out Nerdist if you're in the LA area. Absolutely, that's where we record. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, many thanks here to the Nerdist Podcasting booth. Let us recording here. Thanks to Trevor. Thanks, Trevor. Making sure we sound so great. Mm-hmm. Let's give it up for Amanda Barnes, everybody. Ooh, thank you so much. If you guys want to uh, follow me. 
You can uh, find comic book musings at comic book novice on all the social media stuff, uh, personal musings at Barnes Rights. And uh, Frank, where can I find you? You can find me on Twitter at Happy Go Jackie. And uh, I sh- you know, I should try to work on getting like a Tumblr or like you know, like a <laughs> like a something something other some other cool social media outlet so I can put up my musings as well. Mm, you should, and you do a lot for uh, for AfterBuzz. AfterBuzz, so yes. Check out on AfterBuzz as well. Uh, as always, if you guys have anything that you want to do, hear us talk about, or if you yes. have strong opinions on something we've said, if you're like, I disagree, I think that movie deserves all the Academy Awards. We'll be like, <laughs> all right, well, let us know why. We'll chat about it. You oh, might point right. out something that we hadn't thought about. So. Uh, Or we'll just... Okay, we'll pretend that's the case. (laughs) Anything you want to talk about, just uh, let us know. Tweet at us or hashtag novice and frank podcast and we'll check it out yeah absolutely yeah if you want us to do a deep dive on a series you always wonder what uh, what a novice and a novice think about a particular title or a character tweet us and uh, we'll read all about it and we'll have a nice little chat about it that's right we'll give you a shout out yeah so let's do an outro song if you're gonna clap maybe a little further away from the mic so all we right don't there deafen, we go deafen trevor there we go as trevor lowers the okay here we go it's comics with novice and Frank. <laughs> Who don't have rhythm, but they got the smart. So check out Novice and Frank podcast. See you next week when we talk more about comics. Bye. Bye. <laughs>